Welcome to Endorphasmic, where we talk about all things endorphasm. I am your hostess, Erica Porter, and I am joined by none other than Carlo Ranieri III. And we have to get back into our excellence in action. We left you with a cliffhanger, the A for attitude. And yes, there's still a C-T-I-O-N in excellence in action. So today we're talking about the C, close to client, learning your customer's business. And this is, you'll, you'll find that this is, I'm putting it from the perspective of uh, perhaps a sales individual going in and, and learning about the clients. Um, but this is applicable to every aspect of life. So being proactive, searching for opportunities to add value. Um, don't forget that your peers are clients, essentially. Manage the moments of truth and work on building partnerships. So we'll discuss that as it pertains to business and as it pertains to our personal journey in life with our, our friendships, our relationships that we have with our significant others, with our children, with our mothers and fathers and daughters. And, you know, I already said children, but, <laughs> you, have, you know, just to be repetitive. Um, so that's it. So. Carlo being the expert in this excellence in action, I'm going to let him kind of take over the conversation. And then, as I do, I will provide my two cents in there. So a few things. Um, take a step back and talk about what this action, excellence in action is. These are not complicated concepts, right? We're not, um, <clears throat> we're not talking about um, engineering or um, very complicated uh, chemistry, or we're not solving, you know, world peace. This is this is relatively basic. I'm solving world peace. Well, I hope you do. Good luck. I think if people operated like this on a daily basis, that world peace would be a natural uh, byproduct of all of it. Well, that's an interesting point, and um, it actually is kind of a, a corollary to what this is, and that is a culture, right? This is we're talking about a culture, an organizational culture, culture, a company culture, a family culture. Whatever the organization, whatever the group is, we're talking about culturally, how do you exist? How do you interact with one another? And that's really the value of this, because if one person operates like this and the rest of the people don't, or even if most of the people operate this and a lot of the people don't, or the bottom tier of the organization works like this, but it's not supported by upper management and the person at the top, it doesn't really constitute a cohesive culture, and in that case is much less effective. So we're talking about um, organizational strategy and deliberate culture, and it has to start from the top, and everyone has to operate within these parameters. And I, I also want to add that this truly is the endorphasm mindset. So we talk a lot about on this podcast on endorphasmic about the endorphasm mindset. So operating, first of all, in order to have that mindset, it's critical to understand what your own culture is and the place in which you operate, your values and all of that. So being able to operate from this excellence in action truly is the endorphasm mindset. So we're kind of giving you a breakdown of what all of that is. So looking at this from the perspective of, of running a gym, right? I think that's a good example. So 
in this case, learn your customer's business. That's not appropriate to what we're doing. But what is appropriate is putting ourselves in the shoes of our clients. Every member that walks in there has a reason, very specific reason for being there. And we need to understand what that is. We need to serve that at every moment um, and, and be able to tap into that so that they feel like they're getting what they came for, right? They're, they're showing up expecting something from us, and we are there to serve that need. And the more that we can keep ourselves in that mindset, going to one of the line items here, managing that moment of truth, keeping ourselves in that mindset, a service mindset, understanding the perspective of our client or our member in this case, is, is a direct um, function of, of how successful we'll be in providing the service that that person is paying for. And the moment of truth a lot of times, I always think of, and it's funny because when I think about the feeling, the endorphasm, that for me is the moment of truth. And so uh, one of the amazing things, especially when we're talking about endorphasm, the gym and our members, is that it is a place of power, but a place of vulnerability as well. And that feeling brings a lot of emotion. And so people bring their life into us and they they sometimes leave something, sometimes they take something. So when we are talking about knowing our customer's business, sometimes that's being there for them. And their business, meaning their life, is, is our life. And that is why I feel we've connected and built such an amazing community is that we we have learned our members business and by that we we know them as people we know them as people and we care about their moments of truth i really like this stuff erica i really like it because it all it's all interconnected interwoven and it's so purposeful you know you look at close to client and the principles that are that are under that heading and it really ties right back to one of the ones that we talked about last time, which is acting like a professional. You know, what does that mean? It means keeping yourself in the right mindset. What does that mean in the context of being close to your client? Well, it means managing that moment of truth. And it means working, to your point, on building those relationships uh, because it serves, it serves everyone involved, right? The, the, more, the closer we are to our clients, the deeper our relationships are with our clients, more fulfilled we feel in our purpose and our mission and our goals and our work and the more fulfilled they feel in being part of the community and 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 participating in whatever business it is that we're talking about in this case it's 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 the uh, the endorphasm brand and you know i want to speak to to that in the um your father is very brilliant at really listening to people because people want to share their experiences. And especially in owning a business, you know, every person, whether you're owning a business or not, wants to share their stories. And part of what is important in having a a gym and being an entrepreneur and, and, and having that is that my stories are not what drives the business. It's having the capacity to really listen 
and allow each individual to tell their story and to be just almost like a tape recorder in in people's lives, listening and and responding to their experiences without having to constantly bring in um, my own stories. And everybody knows I love to to share stories. And but he is so brilliant about really listening to people and developing those relationships. And it's it's um. It's really remarkable. So check this out. There's something here that says uh, search for opportunities to add value. This is still under close to client. And to remember that your peers are your clients. So uh, one of our coaches the other day did something very simple, very basic. And some people might not have noticed it, but I did and I know a few others did. In between sets, we were using a piece of equipment and she came by and, and wiped it. Right. And it wasn't even really it was pretty early in the workout and it wasn't even entirely necessary, but it was the gesture. That's an opportunity to add value. That's an opportunity to display that you care and that you're in the moment with the person that you're there to serve. And the more that we can do that, to your point, Erica, as people, um, and the more that we can look for those opportunities to add value, um, you know, those are just great things to take advantage of. The other thing that I like here very much is to remember that your peers are clients. Again, not an advanced concept, but very easy to lose sight of. When you look at your colleague, how do you consider that person? Is that person there? Um, should you come to your profession thinking of serving the person sitting next to you just as much as you serve the person sitting in front of you or across the conference room table, your client? Um, and the answer is an emphatic yes, because that builds teamwork, right? That that builds camaraderie. That builds culture. Holy crap, can, it's hot in here. <laughs> it is kind of warm in this here. This conversation's so. getting me hot and bothered. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. And that's... Um, yeah, That's because Carlos sitting last time, next to me. We are very close. <laughs> Can't get any closer, actually. I'll try. Can't a little bit. Um, last time we talked, I mentioned the fire department and how that is a different perspective and a different application in a lot of ways of these concepts. Um, and that, uh, remembering that your peers are, are your clients as well in that environment um, is, um, <clears throat> is very critical. It's... it's um, you know, it's the brotherhood. It's remembering that you're there. Brotherhood for the, and sisterhood, because it, we have women in the fire department. Thank you for that, Erica. <laughs> I don't think um, anybody realized that. I'm glad you made that announcement. It's very important that, um, you know, you almost come to that job serving the person next to you before you serve the person in the street. Because the strength and the bond between the two people going to a call is the most important thing because that's how the job gets done safely and gets done right for the person you're responding to. And I think that that's a great example of why this is so important. And in, you know, in, our, in our business lives, in our personal lives, the people that we sit next to and work with on a daily basis, that relationship is just as critical. And uh, I think the fire department is a great, a great example of, you know, an extreme example, but a very appropriate one that we can extrapolate some ideas from as to why it's that important. But real, so 
when I think of close to client, because it's funny for me to think of of um, my members as clients, I think close to family. And for me, I like to learn about my family's business. I like to be proactive with my family. I search for opportunities to add value all the time. And my coaches, every last one of them, they are they are as as critical and as important, and if not more important sometimes um, than anybody else, because without a a truly cohesive unit, and so we are operating from with the same purpose and the same um, drive and the same passion and from really operating from the same place is important and I'm learning to cultivate those relationships more and more and being able to to manage the moments of truth and part of why I went into business was because I believed in the community and the power of movement in a community and so for me Everyone that ever steps foot into the Red Room, they are a family. And I try to stay close to my family. Um, You know, for many people, it is just close to your client. But sometimes, uh, especially if you own the business, is to be to make those clients, those members, your family. So um, how often do you think you fail at this? At which part of it? All these things, being close to clients, staying in in the moment of truth, um, looking for opportunities to add value, building partnerships and realizing that the person, all the things we just talked about, how how good are you at those things? I think I'm pretty good. I mean, I think I'm pretty good because I don't think we would be in year nine of business if, if we didn't... Uh, do it well. I mean, you know, are are we a multi-million dollar business? No, but I never entered into this business to be a multi-million dollar business. Do I feel that? I mean, we have really high retention, especially when it comes to a fitness facility. And that speaks volumes, I think, for the relationships that not only myself, but but the coaches have cultivated with with the members um, you know, we've we've been to people's weddings and and have participated in in so many different aspects of their lives where they are bringing us in as though we are their family. And so I feel that we've done a great job. Do I feel that we could always do better? I mean, I, I am not perfect. I'm far from perfect. And I... I'm learning every day. I'm learning every day, especially when I'm challenged. Um, sometimes I'm challenged with coaches, and it it. Um, I don't. I don't mean that to be an indictment because I agree. We, no, we, I know you, you have done very well. Um, but I, I, I don't know that failure is the is the right word. Um, could I do these things better? Of course. That's, of course, that's I, I could mean. do them when better. I, when I say failure, I mean you walk away from the day thinking, you know what, I, I I probably screwed that up. I probably could have said this differently. I probably could have whatever in service to this part of the culture, right? And I feel that way all the time. And that's part of the reason I asked the question is because I know in my own mind, 
I leave almost every interaction thinking, you know, I, I probably could have maybe tweaked this, done this, whatever, and um, maybe that would have been a, a better a better outcome. Well, you are far <coughs> more analytical than I am, and I am a person that I, I think I operate from a um, a place of real truth. I think that I am my authentic self. Does that mean that I can't evolve and be a better version of my authentic self? I absolutely can. And I think that one of the reasons that we're going through this is to um, really allow me to kind of focus, especially in the direction that, that we are going. I'll share more on, you know, what what we're doing. You guys have heard snippets of it, you know, here and, and, and there about how we're growing the brand uh, as a whole. And I think that a lot of this I can take into that. And certainly there are aspects of each of these things that I could do better, better today, better tomorrow, better in general. But by and large, I think that I really do operate from a place of excellence in action. And Yeah, so, I mean... Well, I feel like, in fact, I know that I'm authentic as well. I'm very straightforward, I'm honest, and I'm authentic as well. But when I think about being deliberate in serving this kind of culture concept, um, it has to be authentic and smart, right? It has to be authentic and strategic. You have to stay true to who you are. You have to stay true to truth. You have to stay true to your mission, but you also have to stay true to strategy, right? You've got, it's not always what you do, but sometimes and very often it's how you do it. And I feel like there's a lot of thought and a lot of learning that can happen if we look at things that way because authenticity is the foundation, but it's not the entire solution, right? We've got to, we've got to be deliberate and strategic in how we, how we build this culture and have these conversations and, and convey these concepts to people that, that matter in our lives. But what if that's naturally how you operate? What if this, this part of it is just what comes supernatural to you? So not everything comes supernaturally to all of us, but there are certain aspects of excellence in action, whether it be the A, the C, the T, the I, the the O, or the N, is that there are going to be parts of this that are just, that hit who you are at the core of who you are, and that part of it is easy. I and it's other parts of it that you have to work on to, to peel back what I'm thinking I'm looking at it from a leadership standpoint right it's up to you it's up to me to set the tone um, to establish this kind of cultural dynamic within the organization so but we're only talking about close to client right now I know but your point was some things kind of cater to your strengths and others maybe not so much and that's fine but it's not fine operationally. It's not fine in the context of never-ending improvement because, which is the last one, and in the context of never-ending improvement, we as leaders need to be good at all of these things all of the time. That is our, that is our charge. Right, right? we're and only that, talking that, about C right now. And that is how, well. Because otherwise this would on, be a 10-hour podcast. And that is how we serve this culture. And that is how we, we are proactive and that is how we manage the moments of truth, right? By being in the moment all of the time. And 
that I, I find that to be very challenging. And I think, but I think it's important to recognize it as leaders that we, part of our charter by picking up this paper, by having this conversation is that we raise our hands and say, we are committed to our mission. And by being committed to serving our mission, we are committing to doing these things all the time to the best of our ability. That's what we need to do as leaders. We can't, we can't just say, well, we're going to lean into the things that we're good at, which we're going to, and we can't, That's not ex- what and, I'm we, implying. and we can't accept that some things That's not what are I'm not implying. our strengths. You, you asked me a specific question, which was, wh- do I feel like I fail at any of the, those things specifically? No, I don't. I don't think that I fail at these things. Do you think that I fail? Is that why you're asking me the question? So if that's the no, case, No, I'm just trying to make an interesting conversation. That's why I'm asking you that question because I think it's provocative. That's why I'm asking. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's provocative, but okay. I don't mean provocative as in I should sit closer to you. I mean provocative <laughs> as in it it creates thought, right? It creates a little bit of of tension here about this subject which generates good conversation. That's all I'm saying. Well, okay. So now you guys have the A and you have the C. So you have to stay tuned for T-I-O-N because A-C-T-I-O-N spells action. And uh, that's what it's all about. So if you guys have any questions about the close to client, or as I like to say, close to family, because I don't like to think of people in the gym as clients. I like to think of them as family members. I think that's a good revision. Remember we talked about this is still copyright 1994 and it's it's specific. It was specific to an entirely different industry and business. So I do think that we need to adapt this to our nomenclature and our environment. Well, right. But some people are going to Which is what you're doing and you're right. Well, yes. But some people are going to apply this to their businesses. Some some people listening are starting, are entrepreneurs and starting new businesses. And um, we had a a, a woman that came in and who just started a physical therapy business. And these things are applicable if you're listening to it and you're building a business. Yes. Yeah, so you can structure this from how you operate in business, but I really feel that this is kind of how we should be operating as people because when you have, and I spoke about values and the the core, like who are you? And when you're operating from that place, it makes everything else easier. The people that you surround yourself with, the what? Nothing. You're just, laughing I'm, at me? No, I'm, I'm wishing we had a sound engineer because they're they could have just thrown in the who right there. That would have been a great clip. Oh, right. We need a we need a we need a production engineer. Um, we'll work on that. <clears throat> hey, if anybody's out there and wants to be our production engineer, you know who we. <laughs> I cook a mean meal. Um, yeah. So I truly, I mean, when you start operating, when you have a sense of of culture of yourself. Then you operate very differently. The people that you're spending your time with, the things that you do, you say no to the things that do, that you don't want to do. And you then it, it makes operating as a human so much easier. It makes business so much easier. And then I talked about in a podcast, um, 
I, I spoke specifically about enthusiasm. Are you enthusiastic about every aspect of your life? That doesn't mean like you don't have shitty days. I get it. We all have shitty days. What I'm talking about, do you wake up in the morning and you're fucking enthusiastic? You are excited to operate as a human. And part of this is if you have the right attitude and you're close to your family, to your clients and the teamwork and the individual initiatives and the open communication and and never-ending improvement, and you're operating from that place personally, and you have your sense of culture, everything in life is so much easier. And we're at... I really like what you've done here. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you have something (laughs) else to add? I really like what you've done because... uh, I hadn't thought about it that way um, until you just articulated it brilliantly like you did. Um, As it was taught to me and as I implemented it in my career, it was always a top-down, and it worked. It's always worked very, very well. But it was always a a, here's how the leader is going to set the tone and, and build the culture, and everyone else needs to buy into this because it is ultimately in service to the mission of the business and why we're here. We come in every day and this is how we all get on the same page and serve the mission. And that's great. But we never, ever, ever did what you just did, which is brilliant, where you you start from the very core of who you are and adapt these principles to your own life. So you're starting from the very bottom, which is your own internal compass, and starting from the very top, which is the the leader of the entire organization. And by by putting a stake in the ground at those two ends of the field, you can uh, really run some beautiful plays. I like that a lot. That's a really nice way to look at it, and I think that's very appropriate and um, functional, what you just did. I do. Thanks. Yeah, like that. We could add a whole whole other three ring binder <laughs> <laughs> to represent that Carl side of the thinking. Carl legitimately has a right? huge three ring binder. That's a whole different side of thinking as, as it pertains to this. I mean, there's a whole three ring binder that doesn't even include what you said, and what you said is just as important. Um, and I think those two things combined is makes this whole concept even more powerful than I ever believed it to be, which is awesome. And that's happening right now, real time. I'm having that realization, that epiphany. Fuck yeah. What song would we put there? Uh... <laughs> I don't know, but I, like, I really like what you just did. That was, that was really smart. All right. We love you guys. So uh, you have to, this is our cliffhanger. You have to stay tuned for teamwork and see what Carl and I uh, discuss with that. What so... kind of brilliant things Erica can throw at me. It love. never occurred to me. Oh, sorry. I was cutting them off. That's all right. Love, health, and happiness, and always much respect.